Okay, so continuing the female training and nutrition theme on the podcast this month, we have a London-based trainer, Grace Brown. Grace is with us today talking about how to train around the menstrual cycle and anecdotal experience she's had in the field with working with women and training around their period. Grace, how are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm very, very good. We got there eventually, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got in the industry, and what your specialty is, please? Okay, great. So, I started as a personal trainer probably about uh, just under 10 years ago now. And so, over the last 10 years, I feel like I've got quite a big range of experience with different women, from athletes to mums to, you know, CEOs of companies, lawyers, etc. Um, so that's really helped me kind of kind of come to the point where I, uh, what, why we're talking about what we're talking today as well. Um, so obviously, I'm a personal trainer and a strength coach based in central London in a private studio. Um and I would say a lot of my experience um, as an athlete, or even still as an athlete, um, has really kind of fed my uh, interest in movement, health and wellness. Um, so <clears throat> I think that's really helped with what I do now with my clients, etc. Um, in terms of my sporting background, believe it or not, um, as a teenager, I used to play at uh, international level for tape tennis <laughs> so I know a bit funny so I um a different kind of sport and then uh in my late teens I moved from about I was 18 I moved from four to 800 uh meters which is kind of obviously a brutal event and that's where I first kind of had my taste a taste of the gym uh, and I started training with I think it, it is a uh, power lifter mm. so I just did bench squats and uh, deadlift so had no idea about strength training at the time so that was my first taste of of weight training uh, and the idea was that I wanted to obviously get stronger for my 800 and 400 uh, meter events um, so and from there I uh, I studied sport and exercise science at university and again you know learned loads like all rounds kind of uh background for sport and and exercise obviously and I kind of ended up when I finished like oh I didn't know what to do so I ended up working in the city doing like recruitment and things for a few years and it kind of made me kind of think what am I doing what where am I going what do I want to do and that's when uh, I decided to kind of get my personal training qualification and I took myself all the way to Australia and uh I got my qualification over there and got quite a bit of experience working with uh, in sport and and with athletes. So that's a bit of a background of what I do. And I think, you know, since coming back to London um, and built my business, I really focused um, my 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 training techniques and found that it's not just about the exercise, but really look at more the kind of wellness holistic side of things um and then over the last i think it's a year and a half i started up my blog called strong words and uh you know and each week i've covered a range big range of topics and uh, the topic that we're going to talk about today was one that really kind of i thought you know there's not much information out there about it um and how can i bring it that's quite 
like you know layman's kind of term so that people can understand it and so that you know men aren't so shy about it either Mm. Uh, so that's one of the big things I kind of want to do because you know in the gym you kind of see you know guys train women like little men not that I'm against (laughs) training like men or anything uh, or can't do the same but sometimes I think there needs to be a bit more consideration around around your cycle Mm, definitely so so in your in your experience of working with women just like anecdotally where do you think they struggle the most in a training perspective in regards to um the cycle or just generally in generally in generally so you know we talk about the differentiating between training a man and a woman where do where do you think the biggest differences are i think sometimes motivation Mm. can can be quite difficult if you look at the way industry is even like from when i started i know it's changed quite a bit especially in london how uh, people train um I think motivation, so as you see often women prefer to do group training and things like that, so that's obviously a real motivating factor. Um, so I think motivation can play a part, and I, not that I'm going to say it's the hormones fault, but I do feel like those kind of things do affect um, um, women's uh, motivation at different times of the cycle. I know it's seen Mm. generally I think they find it harder to motivate themselves sometimes I'm not saying because I think as, as, as like a male trainer and you know there are male trainers out there who do specialise in, in female training but obviously mm-hmm. you can't you can't really relate to the, the small details that are probably a woman wouldn't yeah. feel comfortable um, talking to a man about. Do you think, um, what do you think, have you ever been in a situation where uh, either a trainer or, or, or training with men, you've kind of felt, you've listened to your body and gone, I don't really think I should be doing this uh, based on where you're up to in your monthly mm. cycle? Yeah, um, I think sometimes women, I think that's why I, especially in the last few years, had a lot more female clients. Um, I do think women don't necessarily say how they feel because they they're not necessarily comfortable. And that's not the trainer's, the male trainer's fault, for example. Um, but it's, um, I do find some females find it quite difficult to tell them, like, I feel, like, horrific, I've had cramps all night or whatever the symptoms is. And they've tried to toughen up and then just, just really struggled. Uh, and I think that's when... Um, and, and it's not necessarily the male trainer's fault at all, um, but I do think that if possible to be as open with your trainer makes such a difference. And you know, if you do need to adapt the session, etc., then um, you know it, it's not the end of the world. I think sometimes women get a bit too conscious about it, mm. thinking that they're being like in inverted commas, you know, a bit of, of you know, just kind of like weak or something if they're. They kind of talk about it. Mm. And, if that makes sense. And what type of adaptations would you usually make to a session if if a woman's struggling? It's, uh, normally, I would just. It depends on the time of the cycle. So, um, really, uh, if, if for example they're during uh, their period, and you know, some some women, thankfully, I, I've been quite lucky and not had the same experience. But some women, you know, are literally crippled by it and can't mm. move. So that's when I'd re- recommend more. Probably, I'd do a mobility kind of. You just get them moving rather than you know load them up with some heavy weights if they've got really sore. Or I'd just tell them to rest mm. and go for a walk and stuff when they feel up to it. Um, so it, it, and one thing I do need to make clear is like 
every single person is different so you know what one person experiences is can be so different from the other and you can see that from some of the results I got from the survey I did which we can come to a bit later mm. um so I don't know if that's uh, yeah if that's yeah. makes sense so do you do you have like a consultation process or is it more so once you get working with a person you get to know their body a bit more yeah so I do have a huge uh, consultation process so a big um, um, kind of questionnaire, pre-questionnaire before they come in, and I ask them lots according to to their cycle, if they're on contraception and uh, if they've been pregnant and all those kind of aspects. Um, But obviously I can only know as much as they will tell me. Um, And sometimes, you know, people don't even tell me that they've had a baby before, (laughs) even though I've asked it. So sometimes it will just take time then once they get to know you and you kind of kind of dig a bit deeper so yes and no I do have quite a a, a long process to try and kind of get as much information out of them as possible but the goalposts you probably found that yeah yeah the goalposts will probably move where you'll 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 you'll, you'll make theoretical like kind of concepts and then you you realize as you go along like you know they can't do this Mm. they need to do that it's yeah talking like postnatal are there any yeah. kind of like muscle groups or, or strength qualities or postural qualities that you really need to emphasize and prioritize with women Post- who've, who, you know, have had children? Pelvic floor, pelvic floor, pelvic floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. So, um, so uh, again, I've worked with many, I think in 2016, I had seven clients that were going through pregnancy uh, and stuff. So I think any female, doesn't matter if you've had children uh, or you're pre or post or during whatever, pelvic floor is such a key area. And it's, I know people probably have heard it quite a lot and associate it to women. It's still not really done that much. Mm. So I would uh, suggest for any <laughs> any mm. female to, to focus on that. Uh, as the the number one thing just because of what happens during pregnancy and and post Mm. but again I'm not the most uh, expert in that side of things but um, you know I have worked with many many women and through that yeah i don't i don't think the expertise and you know letters back behind your name are that important in this situation because you've you've got the you've got the hands-on experience which is very important is are there any kind of like go-to exercises or 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 drills that you 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 start your sessions with or you really go for like for the pelvic floor strengthening um it's normally um core exercises so actually working on that pelvic tilt it's kind of a bit more pilates based Mm. um uh, so not, I'm not qualified in that. It's just what I've learned over the years. Um, so it's more like trying to engage those inner muscles. So it'll be just a series of just positioning the, the pelvis well, uh, and then incorporating that into that and, you know, making them aware to, you know, connect their brain to the muscles that they're using rather than just kind of going through the motions. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, the basic kind of side of things that I, I, I start them off and it all depends on the experience that they've had you know giving birth whether it's you know cesarean or or naturally um, and you know everyone has seems to have slightly different traumas and mm. stuff like that so again it's it's quite individual mm. can be because I, I found that like because obviously from 
you have I, I talk a lot about on the podcast like the theory versus the reality and like you're mm. you know, you're very well educated in the same kind of background as me you know so I was yeah. on courses but you know like the the periodization models and like the French Canadian underlated and linear linear periodization mm. is that it's all well good in paper but what from my what I've figured out from you know hands-on experience is that you can't really program in a linear sense for women at all can you even uh, for myself, example, which I've always had a very structured type of training since a young age. Um, you know, I've always done, you know, quite, relatively quite linear. Um, but I still, like, for example, even this week, um, I had a tournament on the weekend and I was destroyed on Monday. Mm. And I had to deload my session. I just couldn't lift heavy because my hamstrings were dead. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, I just had... You do have to adapt. That's just like just a general training aspect, not because of particularly anything other than I had DOMS and mm. was tired from a, a, a competition. Um, so I do think, um, yeah, it, it's being able to like pivot and adapt according you know, to, to what's going on. Mm. And there's no straight line, unfortunately, especially when it comes yeah. to training women. <laughs> do you have the same sensation where you kind of lose core control and the ability to stabilize your spine? Uh, what, during, during yeah, what, when I'm tired yeah, or during my... Yeah, uh, it depends on the face sometimes. Mm. Um, so uh, one of the big things I always would personally get frustrated as I train more for performance is, um, you know, one week, you know, I'll be like lifting, say I was lifting 100 kilos for a deadlift. And then literally a week later, I'd be like, barely, I've just struggled with like 65, which would be a piece of cake. Mm. So it was those kind of aspects that used to frustrate, frustrate me. Um, and, um, but it doesn't mean that you're weaker. It's just sometimes your physiology, depending on when you are in the cycle, that can be affecting, you know, your strength. And I think, you know, um, I think, is it during a make sure I get this right mm. but during you could sometimes be something like 30% or pre-menstrual you can be 30% weaker than you were like say the week before mm. and I think that's significant mm. I have to check that stuff but yeah. it's you know it's quite a significant amount so you know a lot of female athletes for example will have to manipulate their periods, especially strength athletes um, or a lot of athletes don't actually have a cycle which again has its other mm. other problems yeah, no, one hundred percent. And think that uh, the, the, you know the thirty percent, the thirty percent number is, is 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 irrelevant. Really, it just means it's yeah. you know, saying you're weaker is 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 very is just the, the take home point. But I think the message that is really important for women to understand is that it is completely yeah. fine that maybe for one, possibly two weeks of a month, you are going to be weaker, and it's not your fault. Exactly, that's how I say it. Because, you know, as you know, women, we're quite, especially with my experience, even myself, we're quite hard on ourselves mm. and uh, and stuff like that. So it's just to kind of kind of be aware of that your cycle is going to affect your training at mm. some point of the month. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to be the same. That's the thing, you know, you can be during your, your period and stuff and then have, like, some of the best sessions ever. Mm. There's, and that's, what's, that's why it's so quite interesting. Um, so, and you know, you know, I've even, I think, even recommended during, like, post your period, for example, you know, often that's when you're going to have the most en energy because, you know, you're back, you're getting back to normal. Mm. And that's, you know, maybe a time to kind of schedule your bigger sessions or even, you know, your big event 
things like weddings and stuff. I know mm. it's hard to do and you can't mm. control things like that sometimes, but you know, you're going to have a slightly clearer mind and, and potentially more energy. So, you know, use, you know, cause it's kind of just training smart really mm. to get the most out of your training. Mm. Um, so you really like if, if a woman's got like a really healthy regular cycle um mm. 28 days and she knows when she's going to be on so therefore you know when she's just come off that two-week period is to you know train hard it's also to get any big events yeah. planned like you say weddings or, or going out because that's when you're going to yeah. feel the most in control of, of potentially. Your potentially yeah it's not unfortunately yeah. it's not always the case but yeah. that's when you should be able to, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like post, uh, post, so that probably week up post period, and then you start going through ovulation again, mm-hmm. ovulation, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's when your estrogen levels go up. So that might be where you might feel slightly more mm-hmm. more tired mm-hmm. or, or run down. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just quite important to think about you know, making sure you sleep well in that part, you know, because uh, this, I think, ovulation, from what I, I, I wrote as well, is um, when you're more likely to have potential injuries. I'm not saying you will get injured or you can't do anything, mm. but that is when, you know, everything's a little bit more lax and potentially, um, you know, injuries. Because when I was at the Aussie Sevens, one of the biggest like, I was, like, shocked at when the coach said to me that, like, pretty much 6% of the girls in the squad at the time had had at least one ACL reconstruction. Wow. And I, because mm. um, obviously during a period, um, well, not during a period, and during, like, even pregnancy and stuff, um, the, the ligaments can become more lax. And the way our pelvis is, um, we are more likely to get, ACL injuries than, than mm. men. So mm. this is in a kind of more athlete kind of. Mm. So, so using, using yourself as an example, just to just by yeah. purely your own experience, what yeah. do you find the most difficult with training around your period? Because you, you wrote that blog about it, but what would you mm. say personally is, is the most difficult thing about training around your period? Um. Sometimes motivation, like you just can't be asked. Mm. You just you feel crappy. You just want to lie down. Yeah. <laughs> but um, because I had such strong goals, I would at least do something to kind of keep to my program. Mm. Um, so I'd say that um, one of the other things that I get really bad is like a foggy brain. Like I just can't think clear, mm. and I know that's quite a common. Uh, thing so I think that's one of the things that affects me quite a lot um, and so obviously if you've got like a foggy brain it's like that can affect like your reaction time your speed actually if you play sport so all those things uh, I think those those are kind of things that kind of I would say motivation and that that affect me a bit more you know because I'm, I'm quite highly motivated mm. compared to I would say the average when it comes to training um, so yeah, I'd say that's one of the things that I find hard, and I kind of, as I got older, I've learnt to kind of it's okay. You don't have to smash yourself and go hard in the gym. Mm. Just you know, deload, take it easy this week, or just go through the the movements. Just kind of go a little bit lighter. Mm. Doesn't mean you're losing strength or not going to perform as well. Kind of thing. It's mm. kind of like. Self-talking. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I think that's really, it's really important message as well because I think that you know 
men generally this is a huge huge generalization but men probably are a little bit more laid back and they go to the gym to be like throw some weights around and be alpha male whereas women can be it's it's very it can be very intimidating but they also be very harsh on themselves and beat themselves up for not going so i think the fact that you as a you know a successful female personal trainer saying that you struggle with motivation i think it'll be great for a lot of women listeners to go well i do as well and you you can kind of is that common ground that it's completely normal to just feel a bit like i can't be asked right now yeah and you know and it's um that's when i kind of think it's a good um like i love accountability i'm like the Mm. accountability queen Mm. so you know i think everyone needs some form of accountability Mm. so if you do find consistently you're lacking your motivation get some accountability if that means you know budding up with a friend to go and do a class together or go and do a yoga session you know something a bit easier if you're really struggling so you know kind of plan around it so that you can get the most for yourself and you know most I think I can't remember the results but I remember all not all the results from my little survey is you know everyone felt better once they'd done some kind of movement even if they were really struggling with their symptoms Mm. so you know exercise is a really good tool to help during your cycle as well can you can you talk me through that survey because it it sounds very interesting what you said yeah so um let me just get some of the results up um right so i did it's quite it was quite a generic um questions just like asking you know the basic questions for you know women like how um you know what was the cycle length you know how many days were they normally um so just looking at um i can send you the link for it as well Mm. um so looking at like cycle length most people did come weren't even sure of how long it how long it was so if it was 28 days etc but there was also quite a significant amount of of people that had more than 28 days so and then so it was quite interesting like the different different lengths which is obviously it's going to be different between people and then uh, most people did come out with their duration of their period was four or five days so that's pretty normal uh, but there was still quite a significant where people had more than six days so mm. again there's something to look at there um what else did i ask so i asked about do people monitor their their cycle because a lot of people don't really know when it is and think and then they think oh yeah that must be why i was feeling like that kind of thing um so a lot of people nowadays do use those apps which i use personally as well which are great because you kind of can see and kind of you know give yourself a bit of slack if um like oh that's probably why i was feeling a bit crappy that week or whatever um I think one of the most interesting things that came out of uh, the survey were the symptoms. Um, And I've got a top four uh, of symptoms. uh, And one or two of them, I was surprised they were so, so high. Um, So obviously, number one came up, like mood swings, irritability, shorter temper, anxiety, feeling more emotional and anger. And you probably, you know, even as a guy, you all know that's, pretty typical symptoms for, for females, especially pre-menstrual. Um, and then obviously fatigue, low energy and general tiredness, obviously because you're losing blood, that's going to be quite common. 
And then number three was cramps, um, which could range from severe, um, from mild to like fetal position extreme. Mm. Um, so I know some people are literally the first day they can't do anything. They even have to take days off work. And they're like, mm. holy moly, that's pretty mm. um, full on. Um, and then that number four, which was the one that I, in, interested me the most because um, I know it as a symptom, but it came up quite high, was loose bowels and diarrhea, mm. having quite an upset stomach on the first few days. And obviously that must be connected to obviously the changes in hormones and what's going on. Mm. But I didn't realise it was so common. Um, so I thought that was quite an interesting stat. Um, so those are the ones, and then you get all the, and then further down, like tender breast breakouts, bloating, headaches, back pain. Mm. Um, but anyway, basically, there's a lot of symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just quite interesting uh, the, what the ladies that had filled out um, said. And what was the um, what was the thought process behind doing the survey? Was there anything in particular you wanted to find out? Um, well, it was just to kind of get uh, some stats and maybe in the kind of people that follow me, some of them would have been clients, some of them are like uh, people that follow what's going on on, on my side. So it's just generally to kind of see what's going on because I do want to do some more, which is more athlete-based as well. Um, so I'm just pre- preparing that at the moment just to kind of see how they manage it when they have to have performance involved. Um, and it was just to kind of get actually a feel of what is actually going on with people Mm. um uh, it's all pretty standard stuff but it was just some uh so one of the other questions was when do you experience your symptoms or this and stuff and most 87 percent said just before the period so that pms time Mm. um is normally and then and then uh, 65% during during the period. Mm. But, yeah, so it was quite quite interesting just to kind of either back up anything that I already knew or to think, oh, that's interesting, I didn't realise that kind of thing, mm. uh, and give it a little bit. And I think it's quite interesting for, you know, if other women that have read it and did feel that, it's like, oh, it's okay to kind of feel like that. That's mm. quite normal. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. so if we get if we start to look at practical ways to overcome this, and I know it is very, very difficult. Mm. But have you picked up anything over the past ten years, like little tips or tricks that you can do to help, like manage the symptoms that you've spoken about? Yeah, definitely. So, um, number one probably is to kind of give yourself a little bit of slack and not be, especially when it comes to training. And um, if you do have a coach. Um, definitely make sure you tell them, like tell them that you're feeling bad and stuff because then you can still get a really effective training session mm. um, and, and you know, and they can adapt it even if it's still doing the same program but, you know, deloading it. So, so during one of the things I would say, if you're on that first two days and you're really struggling, maybe avoid the gym. Uh, you know, heavy lifting and stuff and go opt for more of a yin type yoga or stretching or, you know, walking just to kind of just keep yourself moving. And then as, as it goes on, then start, you know, getting back into your, to your lifting. So you just need to be a bit more adaptive when it comes to drawing. Mm. Um, pre, I think one of the things is to, uh, because this is when progesterone will begin to increase. So it means that your body is more potentially more catabolic. Mm. 
So, um, so that means, you know, breaking you, as you know, would mean breaking down muscle protein. Mm. So, so as we all know that, well, as people in the industry know that we want to be more anabolic and build muscle. So I would, um, really focus on your nutrition that pre pre period so making sure maybe even increasing your protein intake a little bit and ideally if you can stick to more animal protein and mm. um, as it has higher levels of leucine in mm. um and i'd also suggest pre-menstrual to have um more sodium because you kind of deplete more of that as well so pinch of salt you know pink salt in your water would be fine um and then the other tip again in that that time it could be a bit low motivated so i would you know get a buddy get some accountability and that will help um during ovulation i would suggest this is might be time where you'd be a bit more foggy brained um not always obviously as you might need to deload the weight it's not always the case this is you know everyone is different and i'm not saying you can't lift weights and stuff it's just you know if you are not feeling great just deload and then um post post uh, your period i would definitely you know go a little bit harder if you're up to it like mm. that's when you want to get those big sessions in mm. so it's like it's kind of um I always say that strength training is a lot like, um, you know, doing the Monaco Formula One because it's loads of like, it's when to put your foot on the brake and when to accelerate and you've got to be, you know, exactly. to get turns. But from what you're saying, it sounds like it's very similar to women that first thing that they need to do is, is straight away, if, you, if, you, if you're struggling with your symptoms, start tracking your menstrual cycle so you know when to expect them. Um, always, always communicate with your trainer, male or female, where you're about you're up to. Yeah. And um, and don't you know don't beat yourself up if a you're you're weaker and b your motivation's lower because they're completely yeah. normal things that most women pretty much all women will experience. Yeah. And, yeah, definitely. And do you have any kind of strategies you, do, you go specifically for cravings? You know, like just food cravings. Anything you'd do? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> so again, another thing that you know what happens around the cycle. We do have a more you know cravings for it. I don't. Okay, I'm going to be a bit brutal. I don't really care if um, people say, oh, no, you shouldn't, you should be able to control and blah, 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 because I've had that. Mm. And I'm like, mm, you can be the healthiest person, eat everything right, blah, 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 and you can still have the cravings. So um, I give, like, little tips. I, I'm not that harsh on it um, with my clients because, you know, there is an in, there's an enjoyment factor of it. It's just trying to curb the... Um, uh, for example, if it's a fat loss client, overeating or mm. something. So I won't restrict it out. Mm. I, this is just, again, another personal view. I don't think low-carb uh, diets are really particularly that good mm. for females, especially during and pre, pre-menstrual. pre mm. um, So I think, you know, don't, don't do your strict cutting of carbs around those weeks because you just find it even harder. Mm. so you know make sure you you know maybe at least cycle your carbs um and you know i like obviously the dark chocolate 
thing to help with that if people are really focusing on fat loss. Um, but again, just just I kind of go with if you feel like it, have it, mm-hmm. but just be mindful. And the portion control. Um, yeah, so it's more portion control than mm-hmm. anything. And if- um, I think Sorry, I don't know. I think that's just a really, really important message because, like, you know, the whole the, the whole kind of like idea of the podcast and this this interview itself is to kind of give women um, information on things that they think they should be doing rather than things that are going to be practical and work for them. So, for example, you know, if if, if you pick up a you know a female magazine like OK or Hello and they say you know paleo or low carb is the way forward, it's like yes, it is. But, you know, I like the fact, you know, it's it's a great tool, it's a great system, but, you know, if you're in a situation where cravings are going to be very, very high and you're trying trying your best to reduce carbohydrates as much as you can, you're probably going to set yourself up for a situation where you binge eat and you binge eat on carbs, which is going to have a huge, huge impact on, you know, digestion, mood and, and your body composition. And then the other, probably, obviously, it is really important to make sure that it isn't just a carb-heavy diet. It's not an excuse just to eat that. Mm. You want to still create that balance. So, you know, higher protein um, during, uh, you know, premenstrual is really important because of the leucine helps. Mm. And then um, that you get from animal protein, for example, Mm. Um, uh, you know, getting as many nutrients in as possible is always really important mm. like anyone it's really important and it will help your your symptoms you know having a as much uh, anti-inflammatory diet as possible mm. um you know like your leafy greens etc we all kind of know that it's just sometimes hard to kind of implement when okay. we have cravings if that makes sense cool so is the is the um questionnaire that you've got available is that still available to take Are you still collecting data on that yeah any any on my website on uh, let me just get the it's on the article the mm. the main article about uh, about training around your cycle mm. um and it i can send you the link if yeah. you like yeah, 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 yeah. um so well the website is com forward slash strong words mm. um and and it it's, it's featured up quite high still because it's still um, quite mm. a kind of topic. Uh, and then there's the article that kind of gives a bit of an overview of all the, the um, results from, from that test. So if you have any females wanting to take part, that's great. The more data I get and the more information um, you know, I can use and help. Mm. Well, I'll copy that link and put it into my um, yeah. it, my Instagram profile so for a couple of weeks. Awesome. and then. And then any um, any female listeners who've, who've listened to this podcast, if you can just go check that out and, and complete the survey, it'd be great. great because it'd be great for you, Grace. And it'd be, I'd be really interested to know myself because obviously we can't make we can't make up speaking absolutes and say this will happen or this will happen. You know, it never exactly. work. But you know, collecting this information is going to be um, is going to be very very useful. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll get that I'll get that uh, link up on my social medias and push it forward. And final question: Any future projects? What are you working on at the moment? What's uh, what's to come from your business? Um, well, I've got quite a few things going on. I've, um, I'm actually involved on the second and third of June uh, in a weekend, a kind of extravaganza for women, actually called the Ultimate Strength Weekend for Women. Oh, really? It's a two day event. And um, there's loads of women in the industry, so it's all about kind of strength training. And I'm actually taking a chin-up workshop. So that's, um, you know, 
trying to get um, women, you know, not afraid to try getting to that ultimate strength goal of a chin-up. Uh, and also, I think they've got, like, deadlift seminars, just all about actually lifting, and it's specifically for women. Mm. So that's on the 2nd in London and 3rd of June. Mm. Um, and then also I'm in the same lines of the chin-up theme. I'm also mm. putting together an e-book uh, to get your first chin. Mm. So starting from beginners to more advanced and how you can tweak your training or add to your training to, to get that ultimate um, chin that mm. um, uh, I, I find a lot of females want to kind of get now, mm, because which it, is cool. It's, it's the kind yeah. of the elusive like you know, pull-up or chin-up. It is so... Yeah, it's so empowering for women to be able to do. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Especially as um, physiologically, generally, women we are a bit weaker on that upper body. So, not achieving that, the amount of satisfaction I get as well from teaching females to do that um, is is awesome. So, um, yeah, so those are the the immediate things coming up, and uh, those more articles to come around females as well. So, I'll keep you posted on that. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much cool. for coming on the show. Like you say, it was more a, a practical one, layman's terms. But yeah. that's exactly what the the listeners are saying they want to hear is you know what, um, you know what can I do and and what what's typical, what's normal for people to feel. So um, it's a great bit of information there. Obviously, get over to Grace's uh, social media and website if you want to know more about her and her upcoming content. And I just want to say thank you very much for featuring on the show, Grace. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Chris. Okay. Take care. Cheers. Okay, so that was episode number 65, Grace Brown. Uh, first met Grace, I think it was about three years ago, on an educational seminar. And like she's a part of a network of London-based personal trainers who we've all kept in touch. And it's great to follow her, her like kind of message and journey on social media and see her on the kind of educational circuit. And um, what I loved about that podcast is it was very, very to the point and less scientific which is, you know, the science is fantastic, it's very, very interesting, um, but I think the practicality and the personal anecdotal experiences are even more valuable for women because Grace was saying to me off air how much that, you know, she's kind of looked up to and women say, oh, you know, you do this and you're, you're very strong, uh, but at the end of the day, she has the exact same struggles as, a, as many of the listeners, like any ordinary women with, um, with jobs and kids to look after. It's fine to lose accountability, it's fine to lose motivation, it's fine to lose strength at times, and mainly it's about being accountable staying consistent and the main thing from that one is track your cycle so you know where you're up to um, if you want to know more from grace check her out on social media and if you really enjoy this podcast i would hugely appreciate a review on itunes um, and that would be greatly appreciated very much have a fantastic day and more podcasts coming up very very soon 